everyone. We wanted to tell you about a new show we are loving, the Culture Study Podcast with Anne Helen Peterson. It's a show about exploring the nooks and crannies of the culture that surrounds you. Each week, Anne and a super smart co-host answer listeners' questions about the stuff they find interesting and perplexing, like, why do clothes suck now? Is Paw Patrol copaganda or is it not that deep? And what's the deal with everyone I know getting a divorce? Like Anne's tremendously popular newsletter, the Culture Study Podcast is funny, insightful, and kind of weird. And it's guaranteed to help you become the most interesting person at parties. Listen to the Culture Study Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you get your shows. Let me record my little item. I'm belching away. Stop it. Stop it, Lindy Belcher. All right. You started it. Welcome to Text Me Back, the podcast about podcast. Text me back. Text me back at once. Why won't you text me back? Text. Text me back. Text me back, back. Megan. From KUOW in Seattle, welcome to Text Me Back with Lindy and Megan, a comedy and opinion podcast about best friendship, the best animals, and the worst people that I hate. I'm Lindy West. I'm an author, a TV writer, and a newspaper columnist. And an exceptional best friend. Oh my god, stop! I will not. I'm Megan Hatcher-Mays. I am a lawyer for some reason, a democracy expert, and I am known for hating the Supreme Court the most of anyone. I'm also, I don't know, middling to decent best friend. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We are introducing you to our show, Text Me Back, so-called because our friendship sadly is very long distance at the moment. I'm in DC, boo, and Lindy is in beautiful, sunny Seattle. So we are forced to feverishly text each other truly the worst news that we can find. We're going to spend the next hour sharing some of the best moments from the podcast so far, including the story that kicked everything off our best friend superhero origin story when Megan and I were bitten by a radioactive best friend (laughs) and became best friender man. (laughs) Get excited. (laughs) Because we've been friends for so long. So long. A a disgustingly long time. Like since the Prince song, I think 1999, maybe 2000, depending on how generous you're feeling. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Who can say? (laughs) And... We met in Seattle, Washington at Garfield High School. Yes, we were registering for classes in the gym. This was our second semester senior year of high school, and we had never really met or talked, which is weird, because we had mutual friends. Actually, one of our mutual friends, Leah, introduced us, and she's like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, you guys should meet. You guys should know each other. And I just remember... She's like a cute little angel. Yeah, just the sweetest, tiniest angel you ever saw in your life. A little, tiny, baby troll doll that we love. (laughs) We rubbed her little belly and became best friends. <laughs> so she introduced us. And then I just remember you made a reference to a Conan O'Brien sketch. It said something about masturbating bear, something like that. And I was like, hello, where have you been? This is my best friend. Nobody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about masturbating bear. So it was like I will very say, satisfying. I will say that the spirit of the story is true. However, there's no way I said the word masturbating no. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Lindy at the time was a shrunken sunflower who had, had like yet to turn her face to the sun. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she, <laughs> our body language was very inside facing. Very concave. Yeah. Very concave. <laughs> that was, I was in my concave era. Yeah. You were concave. That was real. It was really pretty instantaneous. I was like, I hope you don't have plans to spend time with literally anyone else for the next six months because we're best friends and we really became best friends immediately the best friendship was um instantaneous it was electric it never stopped (laughs) it could not be stopped it alienated everyone else that we loved Um, but we couldn't stop it it was a juggernaut and then we ended up in a class together we ended up taking a shakespeare class believe it or not that was offered at the time which just seems weird because now you're not allowed to read books in high school wait when you say that you mean that 
because all white men's work is banned by the woke mind virus. <laughs> That's right. Before Garfield had been infected by the woke mind virus, they forced everyone to read, <laughs> um, I don't know, Zora Neale Hurston or something. We were reading Twelfth Night and Merchant of Venice. Um, Merchant of Venice, for sure. For sure. We signed up for that class together. We sat at the same table and it was truly game over for everyone in our immediate surroundings. Yeah, it was game over for our table mates, yeah. game over for Miss Shu, game over for Shakespeare himself, the it, bard himself. The bard dead. was donezo. Anyway, so there we were learning about Shakespeare and just picking out the lines that we thought made the least sense and were the funniest with like whatever what's it, echolalia that we had at the time, just saying it over and over again to the point where I think our friends had to have an intervention. I was not much of a student. Lindy was smart and went to a good college. I applied for two colleges and got into one, so I just went to that one. Anyway, I was down a couple credits, so I really needed to pass Shakespeare class in order to graduate high school and finally leave. And so I think I did an all-nighter to write the final paper on Twelfth Night. I just copy-pasted my favorite Malvolio quotes. For like six pages. <laughs> why I wear Not Motley on My Brain by Megan Hatcher Mays. Why My Brain is Clear as Crystal by Malvolio <laughs> Hatcher Mays. And then I just forgot to turn it in. I smoked a metric ton of marijuana and just didn't turn in the final assignment. And so Lindy and I were signing your books at Volunteer Park, KIT, Lilas, Have a Great Summer, all of that. And I remembered that I hadn't turned in my paper. And I turned to her and I was like, Wendy, we have got to go back to high school. You drove us back and I had to go in the office. <laughs> I had to go to the office with my hand vibrating with my Malvolio final. And I was like, I need to turn this in so I can graduate from high school. And the woman in the office, whatever vice principal it was, was like, sorry, sorry. You missed your chance. You can't turn it in. I was like, if I don't turn this in, I will not be able to pass the class and graduate from high school. And she's like, sorry, too bad. <laughs> sucks to be you and I was like are you serious and I started to just completely lose my mind at this woman I was gonna say this poor woman she was keeping me from graduating from high school so forget that Anyways, yeah it's I was a like, power trip yeah it was a total power trip and I was like I don't care what you say I'm going back there and I'm trying to get the paper <laughs> she was like oh my god she finally let me go back there and turn it in and I just remember you were like I was quivering in the corner <laughs> you can't talk to a grown-up like that you're acting a real convex right now megan <laughs> bring it in please <laughs> i would say that became like a hallmark sort of a foundational dynamic of our friendship <laughs> megan's a little bit scary and she yells at adults and i am quivering but i love it you know you are one of the mice from secrets of nim <laughs> <laughs> and you're one of the rats exactly you're you're Nicodemus, and I'm Mrs. Jonathan Brisby, who has no name of her own. I have been waiting my whole life to be compared to Nicodemus. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's because of all your warts. That's the <laughs> That's main right. similarity. And you're wise. No, but I said it like a joke that I was quivering but impressed. But truly, I do feel like this dynamic has been important in our friendship where I learned a lot about being brave and being strong because naturally <laughs> I am very frightened. And I still to this day don't I don't talk back to adults and I'm 42 years old. It's too bad because yelling at adults is one of the few joys in this life, you know? <laughs> I was and continue to be moderately terrifying. But I think what I learned from you is that you actually don't need to yell at adults all the time. <laughs> you could reserve it for the times that they really deserve it. You know, one of my favorite scary Megan moments that I just <laughs> truly at the time, I had never seen anything like it in my life. <laughs> we were at University Village, which is a mall for fancy people in Seattle, Washington. And <laughs> Megan got some sort of a soda or a juice and was done with it and then you littered right. <laughs> which already we are in another galaxy <laughs> i have never in my life seen someone litter i have never At seen littering <laughs> live Lindy, i've never Lindy seen is it. already vibrating in terror <laughs> at just the concept you, of littering you threw it on the ground <laughs> in the parking lot and then it truly especially in seattle maybe this happens in other cities it doesn't happen it in does seattle not. it does not happen in seattle and washington <laughs> i'm sure that's part of why you did it i feel like you were being countercultural in some way. <laughs> 
<laughs> and there was a classic Seattle man wearing hiking boots and he was parked next to you. We were sitting in the car about to leave and he walked up and he picked up the cup dramatically and he plonked it on the hood of your car and he said, you dropped this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't. To not just have witnessed the littering, but now to witness a consequence, have someone be mad at me sort of by proxy. <laughs> a confrontation. Oh my God. And then you rolled down the window and I think you said something like no I didn't or what I don't know and then you reached out the window over to the hood of the car and you swatted the cup and it hit the man and I can't remember if it exploded with liquid all over him or not but in my memory I feel like maybe it did at least ice and then you peeled out of the parking lot I feel like what people need to understand is this man lifted it so slow so slow just really dramatically very slowly all while making very crunchy like kayak dad eye contact (laughs) with me as he did it and as he was lifting the cup so too was my rage level i was like no unbelievable and then he put it on my car tried to make a big show of it as if like sir i am a sociopath who litters you think this is going to chase him (laughs) Me at all? This is just going to be humiliating for you. So yeah, I knocked it it down. And it was. So I knocked it down. And it's like, if you have a problem with my littering, dude, you throw it away. (laughs) I'm 17 and I have hot sandwiches to eat. I don't have time for this. And we peeled out and you were like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, he deserved it. (laughs) I feel like you've said before in the past that I was too scared to stop being your friend. And that's... (laughs) Maybe true a tiny bit, except it's actually when I think about it, it's not true. Because (laughs) what I actually remember feeling was exhilarated by our friendship. This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. I am on a roller coaster. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And we have fought like 50 men since then together you know well (laughs) i mean a little bit it's always the same i never do anything or make one peep i feel like okay lindy and i are hanging out we're gonna have a nice normal time i'm gonna be empathetic and thoughtful just like my beautiful friend taught me to be and then some adult and i mean by the way i know i'm 41 so it's not like i'm not also an adult but it's like you know like real adults no i know i still think people are parents people are parents age you know, that's like, what happens when they don't allow us to get mortgages. We get to stay the kids. I get Sorry. to keep yelling at you at various locations. You trigger something in adult men. <laughs> that is not nice. And I don't know what it is. They see you and they lose their minds they when they. It. Yeah. It's like you have a pheromone that drives them mad. Because it really does. It happens. It happens a lot. This summer you came to visit me and I had never been to George Washington's stunning manor. Mount Vernon? Yeah, thank you. It could be the other one. Camp (laughs) David? (laughs) I know we just went there. So we went to Mount Vernon, which I had never been to, despite living in D.C. for almost 10 years now. We took a boat down the Potomac to Mount Vernon, and the whole place is just covered in paintings of George Washington. And I'm like, man, this guy was a real freak. He had ceiling to floor paintings of himself. Truly. His horse him in the farm, Martha and the horse. It was like a whole thing. (laughs) I can corroborate. Yeah. So I go up to the docent and I was like, is this really what his living room looked like at the time when he was alive? Did he really have this many paintings of himself in his living room? And this man, you would have thought I insulted his mother. He whips around and he's like, don't you have pictures of yourself in your house? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. Steven, why are you so upset? Literally his job to stand in that room and answer questions about George Washington. And the hostility was so overpowering that other people in the room were like, yeah. are you okay? <laughs> yeah, actually, I think so. someone did ask if you were okay because it was she, so weird. The women in front of us turned around and they were like, what was that? And I was like, girl... I don't know. <laughs> Story of my life. I don't know what that was. So I do. My That's best. what happens when <laughs> to be an when a ninety year old white man gets a whiff of me. <laughs> Just is what it is.
ask that kayak father in the QFC parking lot. He didn't like it either. It's probably the same guy, 23 years old. <laughs> he recognized me. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to move to DC to get away from <laughs> Seattle, <laughs> where my nemesis lives. I'm going to retreat to the comfort of Mount Vernon. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's her. No. And you know, it's been a wonderful and beautiful and stunning and iconic and legendary 23 years of friendship that people get to be a part of thanks to this ridiculous podcast. And now we're creeping into your houses too through the radio and your phone headphones. (laughs) When we come back, I'm going to tell you about the real life bear that was in my real life yard, leaving real life poops. And we'll talk about whether or not there really are rat ghosts. We'll be right back after this. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you KUOW listeners want answered. And two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast. Welcome to Text Me Back, the podcast about best friends, the best bears, and the worst ghosts. Let's just jump into this one. All right. Here's the story of the bear in my yard. Enjoy. Tidings, tidings, <laughs> time for more delicious tidings. Today's tidings are oh, animal wow. themed. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) That's how excited I am about my personal tidings today. (laughs) You sat down and wrote a custom jam. It ejaculated out of me. Oh, you've ruined it. (laughs) You've ruined it. It's not a sexual term. It's a, if you read Sherlock Holmes, he'll be like ejaculating quips at Watson all the time. Nobody's. Reading Sherlock Holmes. I am. Uh, I, I sure you're not, you're am. Watching, no, no, no. <laughs> no you're, you're watching the PBS series with Benedicto Cumberbatch Hell and no. Martin Freeman. Hell Don't no. Lie. Lie Hell people. no. If I am watching a Sherlock and Holmes. And the hot priest does Moriarty. No, there's Don't an lie. old, there's an older Sherlock Holmes with a guy named Jeremy Brett. And it is so good. And you have to watch it. We can talk about it later, but. I am not. Okay. I'm not watching the Cumberbatch. I don't think Sherlock. I, okay, whatever you say, it but strains credibility at every turn. <laughs> we should file away for later the various beefs between British dramas, Pride and Prejudice versus Pride and Prejudice. Oh, Although that's, you know, obvious answer there. Okay, Sherlock but- Holmes versus Sherlock. Save it. Save it for. <laughs> So as you know, Megan, I have moved to the woods and I live in the woods. I'm a woodsman. They call it a female woodsman. <laughs> That's <laughs> me. Yep. And I live on a dirt road in a forest. I am 30 to 40 minutes from any store, even a mart. Sure. There used to be a yeah. dump and they closed the dump. <laughs> so anyways, I live in the woods and we have a visitor. Gasp. We've had a visitor. Creeping around the property in search of, oh. you guessed it, picnic baskets. <laughs> we got a bear. We got a bear. Not a bear and his ragtag little son. <laughs> I think it's his nephew, but yes. This man's talking about yoink. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing started last week or the week before. I get a phone call from my next door neighbor, mm-hmm. Marnie. And when I say next door, You cannot see her house. And Marnie has lived out on the peninsula for decades, full time. She activated the phone tree for this. That's how serious (laughs) these tidings were. Exactly. She got on the wire. She said, beep, boop, 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 beep, 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 boop, boop. And she (laughs) called me up and she said, Lindy, I got to let you know, I have scat in my yard. And then she said, parentheses, poop. She didn't say parentheses, but I could 
tell mm-hmm. that she thought that I didn't know what scat was. Yeah. As if she needed to inform the female woodsman what scat uh, is. Shows that you don't know me very well, Marnie, because oh, I know what scat is. <laughs> Marty thought she ate. <laughs> <laughs> Many call me the scat man. <laughs> oh, they don't. C- come on. <laughs> Please continue. Marnie phones me up. She says, Lindy, we got we got a scat sighting. And then she says, that means that the bears are back. And it's bears plural. There is more than one pile of poop. Ooh. And I can tell that they came from different animals. So we have at least minimum two bears. And she said, they like my apple tree. We too have some apple trees on the prop. Ugh. I scampered out there to the our little haunted orchard and indeed... Butt pies. <gasps> butt pies. Oh my God. On the ground. So, wow. We knew that there are occasionally bears out there because one time my mother captured a photograph of a bear in the yard looking angry. Oh. And another time the bear was not seen, Spooky. but my husband left some delicious garbage outside and. Mm. That's their favorite snack. Yeah. It was Mm -hmm. inside the fence. And our fence is made of wood with really, really stiff wire mesh in between. Mm -hmm. The wire mesh is so stiff that a human cannot bend it. (laughs) This bear peeled back the wire mesh like the cellophane covering on a Hillshire Farms (laughs) Genoa salami adult Lunchable. And not an ad entered. Oh, if Hillshire Farms wants to send me money or salami, (laughs) I accept. The bear freaking came in the yard and ate the garbage and then left. We never saw him. But you willingly moved out there. Yes. To be a part of this. It's part of the spicy local flavor. (laughs) (laughs) One time I did see a bear's juicy ass on the road disappearing into the bushes. Oh, and one time I saw a whole bear on the road and then I had to do bear deterrence. Do you know? I don't know anything about bear deterrence and I must have the information at (laughs) once. So with a little black bear, what you're supposed to do, and I say little black bear, they're huge and (laughs) they do kill people. But anyway, so if you encounter a little black bear, you are supposed to make yourself look really big. You are not supposed Mm -hmm. to run away. You wave your arms in the air. And then this is what all the people do on the bear deterrent YouTube videos that I seek out and watch. (laughs) It's always our friend Kayak Dad leading a hike. Whoa, guys, bear. Let's group up. He goes, hey, bear. Hey, bear. Ho, bear. Whoa, bear. All right. Whoa, bear. Be cool, bear. Stay there. Whoa, bear. All right. All right, looks like it's going away. Nice work, guys. And the bears know what that means. Yeah, so what you got to do is trigger in the bear a sort of cost-benefit analysis. Mm -hmm, He's mm -hmm. like, do I want to eat human meat or do I want to eat apples? If I want the human meat, I have to deal with this guy? Yeah. Because a black bear is ultimately a true omnivore and he wants berries and nuts and picnic baskets and he doesn't want human meat necessarily. He wants the path of least resistance. So what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do with these bears is put some resistance on the path of least resistance to make it look like a big drag. Lindy, that was wild. I can't believe you live out in the woods like that. Are you safe? Any update on the bears? I think I'm safe for now because I believe, now I'm no scientist, but I believe the bears are hibernating, which is very comforting. It's what I tell myself. It's my mantra when I go for a walk. Uh, But also, I'm constantly worried that my dog, Barry, is going to go charging into the woods straight into a bear's bedroom. (laughs) Like, because normally I feel like a bear would avoid a dog. But if a bear's asleep and my dog, first of all, wakes them up, Mm. they're going to be grumpy. They're going to be hungry because they're doing an intermittent fast and they're going to chomp him right in the head. So I don't know. It's got pros and cons. And Barry, as far as I'm aware, has not watched any of the survival YouTube videos about Hey Bear, Ho Bear. So he refuses. He refuses. He spends yeah. all of his time uh, on Frisbee and no time <laughs> on self-defense classes. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay safe out there. Thanks for Thank the update. You. <laughs> I'm trying. Do you know anything about hibernating bears and how to stay safe while they slumber? Maybe you could text us by joining the Text Me Back Text Club. Are you part of it yet? You just have to text BFF to 206-926-9955, and then you can send us your comments, your thoughts, and your accolades. Especially the accolades, please. 
If you text us, we can maybe include your stories and questions in an episode of the podcast, just like this message we got from one of Lindy's neighbors. Hello. <laughs> this is Heather from the woods in bleep, Washington. <laughs> parentheses, Lindy, not to be a f- creep and also definitely not expecting you to share where you live publicly. But hi, are we sort of neighbors? Cool. Yes, we are. I'm pretty convinced my house is haunted by rat ghosts that only my small children can see. A year ago, my house was infested with rats and a billion baby rats were born in my walls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> After thousands of dollars, I believe we are now rat free. My twins, now two and a half, should have absolutely no memory of the rat days, but they talk about rats all the time. Mama, be a rat and chase me. I'm scared of rats, etc. Are rat ghosts mean? Are my kids going to be punished for the rat genocide I caused? Is there such a thing as a rat exorcism? These are the things I think about at night. It's still better than listening to rat parties in my walls. Love your podcast and can't wait for more. Now, before we discuss rats. Yes. So my big pumpkin prince, Barry, barreled saxophone, my dog, requires one hike per day or else (laughs) he's a problem child at night. We were on our daily hike the other day and I met Heather from the woods with the rat ghosts. Oh, my God. And I met the rat medium baby twins as well and i met heather's partner (laughs) slash husband i uh i don't know the designation and they were so nice and at no point did heather say oh by the way i sent you an email to listener tidings we just had an adorable chat about how they love the podcast and i love that it was so nice so it was such a joy to receive this email from heather i love it because It feels so validating to hear from someone else who believes in vermin ghosts, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I feel a lot less alone in the world (laughs) knowing that there are others out there who think Wikipedia pages are coming to life. We mostly have a mouse problem, but one time when no one used to live here full time, it was just a country house in the woods. One time I came out here and I lifted up my pillow and underneath was a small collection of seeds and trinkets and trash. And then the exterminator was like, it's a pack rat, which I didn't, I thought was like a figurative type of rat. Like I didn't oh know it's like a real kind of a species of rat, but it is. And then I like Smaug and his treasures. It, yeah. And then I had to hire a minuscule hobbit, a microscopic hobbit to go play <laughs> my freaking parlay <laughs> <laughs> with my pack rat no i think we killed it and i'm sure it's ghost is freaking skittering around yeah. here first of all here's what i think heather i don't think your children are going to be punished for the rat genocide it sounds like they are in tune with the rats in a way that could yeah. be helpful to you down the line so i say let them foster those relationships <laughs> that's my friendship <laughs> advice with the rat ghosts. Uh, but this story got me thinking, I think I have a mouse in my wall. I can hear a little bit of in the walls and possibly in my heating vent. I'm not totally sure. But it got me thinking about how when I was in college in Bellingham, Washington, I was living in this house, this, you know, student flop house down the street from the university. And we had a rat living in our wall and our landlord was like, good luck to you. Make sure the rent's on time, you know, that kind of thing. And I never actually saw it, but you could hear it and it was big. And then one morning, my downstairs roommate, Amanda, and it was early because she she worked at like a bagel shop or something. So she would wake up really early to go make the bagels. So it was like five in the morning, we just heard her like, issue this blood curdling scream and the rat just burst forth from the wall like scampered across her feet and she screamed and we were like oh my god she said it ran outside and we didn't see it again after that but anyway so this mouse in my wall got me thinking about that rat and i was like man i wonder uh wonder whatever happened to amanda and then two days later she messaged me on instagram and was like hey i heard your podcast (laughs) and i just wanted to reach out and i was like i was just thinking about you because of that rat that was in our <laughs> and then she wrote me back and I, I want to clarify that I have no recollection of any of this but she wrote me back and she said OPS I think you named that rat in our old house Oprah you used to scratch at my bedroom door and ominously whisper Amanda 
It's me, Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm so sorry. Why would I do that? It seems really traumatizing. (laughs) Okay, wait. I gotta rewind. There's no way that you didn't do a voice. Can we hear it in the voice? I wonder if I did it like guests. I wonder if I did it like Oprah. If I if it was like your two versions, one that's like Oprah and one that's like a rat. If I did it like Oprah, it probably was like Amanda. (laughs) It's me, Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) But she says it was ominous ominously okay. whispering so let's so hear that it must have been like a little bit more nicodemus style i don't know it might have been more amanda it's me oprah <laughs> so, that's great. anyway amanda i'm really sorry <laughs> If anyone's getting haunted by a rat, it's me. <laughs> and also, I want to say, I didn't name the rat Oprah because I have beef with Oprah. I love Oprah, and I was really into her in college. I watched her show every single day, so I think I did it as a, a tribute. Homage. Yeah, I, She would yeah, appreciate tribute. it, I'm sure. I think so. I, well, I have one last little rat fact, which is my mother-in-law is a real kook, and I love her so much, <laughs> and she has started feeding the animals in her yard like she is Cinderella. Cinderella, she sees all animals as equals. And so she Mm -hmm. feeds the squirrels, she feeds the birds, and she feeds the rats. And she lives in a little cottage in my sister-in-law's backyard. And so my sister-in-law, Ijoma, told me that... (laughs) Because Susan won't stop feeding the rats, Ijoma had to spend a bunch of money to put all the rats on birth control. <laughs> like, they have a constitutional right. <laughs> it's because Rat Bader Ginsburg knew when to retire. Chief Justice John Ratberts. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, Heather, I think you're good. I think you should feel really blessed. You've got two little kiddos that are just communing with rat ghosts. I think that kind of it's beautiful. kicks ass. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. And now, hopefully, there won't be a next time. But if this happens again, you know there's another option, which is just to give the rats birth control and let them be liberated queens. Let them get checking accounts. Go off queen. Of their own. They don't need to be on their husband's account. Yeah. Let the rats drive. Get their own lines of credit. Yep. So. Exactly. Go off queen. Well, thank you for sending in your tidings. This was, we love, we love to hear from you. (laughs) Please keep sending your compliments. This is my favorite episode we've ever done. Favorite episode we've ever done. Best episode we've ever done. Please keep sending us your compliments. And please keep telling your best friends about our show. Because it's best friends that make the world Go around. And if you're the freaking guy that left us that one star review, text BFF to 206-926-9955 and tell us why. What do you like about <laughs> us? Be specific. <laughs> I'm truly begging Don't. you. Or email us at textmeback at kow.org. And if you don't, I swear to God. I'm sending an army of rat ghosts and you stinker. They're on birth control now, so they're really moody. Yeah, think twice. They're gonna bite your ass. So spicy. Well, I'm just saying that some people need to watch out for the army of rat ghosts that I murdered who now do my bidding for some reason. Everybody is on notice. And when we come back, I'm gonna tell you why I ended up binging House, a show that isn't even that good. You know you have free will, right, Megan? I did not know that. All right. Well, we'll be right back on KOW. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as number one, Asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you KUOW listeners want answered. 
And two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast. And we're back. It's good to be back on the radio, by the way. This is Text Me Back, a podcast about best friends, the best animals, and the worst people. Speaking of the absolute worst people, I have recently immersed myself into a universe full of terrible people. Oh, you mean working in politics in Washington, D.C.? Zing! But no, Lindy, I am, of course, talking about my whole entire rewatch of the television series House. Now, Megan, I have a quick question about this. Yes. Have you considered that you could watch TV shows that are good that you like instead of TV shows that you hate that make you unhappy. Well, that's the first time hearing of this, but no, it hasn't crossed my mind because <laughs> House is it's already on. You know, I committed. I got to stick with it. I got to stick beside it. Aww. You know, and that's what makes me such a good friend. A middling Honestly, to decent good friend. <laughs> I'm a stick beside it. I know that you will stay by my side no matter how crappy and disturbing I become. I'll stick beside you no matter how many patients you torture. That's what MHM is all about. Thank you, Megan. Well, maybe I'll understand your attraction to the show house if you walk me through it a little bit. Yeah, listen to this. So Megan, you are curled up in your analog blanket. (laughs) You got your 64 ounce Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm -hmm. Big gulp. Yep. What are you watching on the television? I mean, this is prime, cozy, binge hours because you have just five days to just be a lump, basically, before yes. you do any real work, if you're lucky enough. And so, you know, actually recently, I've just been like, I really am very desperate for a TV show that doesn't give me any surprises. You know, it's mm. crime committed, crime investigated, crime solved. Yes. That's about as much as I can deal with. Everything else is very complicated, but television, boom, one, two, three, procedure. That's what yes. I need. You know what I mean? Yes. And so- <laughs> also, can I can I add something that I, yes. sus- I suspect you're also into? A show that goes on and on. Yeah. Just a never-ending universe. <laughs> a network <laughs> primetime show that got 18 seasons, mm-hmm. 47 episodes per season. Yep. We are, you can turn it on and then dissociate for eight or nine years. Yeah. And you would never run out of episodes. That's what I'm about. And you would never run out of sustenance because actually Pennsylvania Dutch is a complete meal. The macros on Pennsylvania Dutch are insane. A a human being can survive on just (laughs) Pennsylvania Dutch for an unlimited amount of time. That's what the CDC said. <laughs> that's the Fauci promise. <laughs> so, so that's right. Once I'm in a universe, a television universe, I don't want to leave it. I don't have to learn any new people. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. want to watch it for 47 million years. So most recently for me, I'm so sorry to say, was House starring Hugh Laurie. Wow. It is, it, oh, good Lord. I and I was desperate. I have never watched that. I've never I've well, never watched a single episode, I don't think. But I know that the premise is he's a doctor who can heal everyone except himself. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. I really needed to watch something that was not going to make me think about anything. Sure. And was this going to be bing, bang, bong procedure, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's on a streamer little streamer so i decided to watch house and i binged uh, i think it was on for like eight years or something and i binged it over the course of like a month and a half which (laughs) oh dear (laughs) something to talk about with my therapist what happens in a typical episode like what is the structure okay it's great i mean it's well we'll talk about whether or not it's great but so it's like patient has illness patient goes to house house is like this is crazy and nobody's ever seen this before then the third, it's really interesting. The third part of the the plan of House's plan is always get it wrong 15 to 20 times <laughs> and almost kill the patient and then figure it out in the last eight minutes and save the person's life. 
out of like the 500 episodes, 480 of them was somehow they would always treat one illness that was wrong. And then once they figured out what the actual illness was, if they treated that, it would kill the person. (laughs) So that's basically the structure of the show. Is it always Dr. House himself who figures it out? It's never one of his minions? Almost never. Almost never. Because the whole thing is they're stupid and he's... (laughs) A tortured genius. Right. Everyone but House is the dumbest idiot who ever lived. Everyone has the IQ of a baby. They, by the way, they all went to like Johns Hopkins Medical School, which is supposedly the the best medical school in the country. But they're all dumb as hell. They didn't learn anything. Nobody knows how to read. Gregory House is just like the only person who knows how to do anything in this universe of hospital. So it's like almost always him that that figures it out. So also, he's dealing with chronic pain. He had leg surgery that didn't go very well. And so he takes Vicodin every day. But he's it's not just that he takes it for pain management. He's addicted to Vicodin. So he will show up to work high (laughs) <laughs> and Great. like work on patients while high. Great. And, and like the hospital administrator, Lisa Cuddy, is always like, well, what do you want me to do? He's a genius. <laughs> also, there's like just a lot of like, I don't think this is unique to House, but like just a lot of the casual racism of the early 2000s where it's like, he'll just be, because like Omar Epps is on the show and they'll just be like a throwaway line where House is like, well, you're black. And it's like, just like a lot of casual homophobia, the most amount of casual transphobia. Right. Because it's the kind of show where like things are ripped from the headlines. Yeah. Let's throw this in. Let's throw this. We don't know anything about it. Let's make a horrifically abusive storyline just for fun. Hey, make sure House like really violently misgenders the person and faces zero consequences. It'll be a great episode. It'll be groundbreaking. It's not that good. It's not like it's like, you know, uh, a prestige drama or something. But I went and looked it up and it kind of was, I guess, yeah. at the time. Like they were like winning Emmys for the show. And I was like, why? The acting is not good. The storylines are intergalactically insane and like everyone on the show is a racist what the hell is going on did i stop watching it no no i didn't stop watching it i was like and i just want to see like what's the worst thing house could do over the course of this series and he never actually hit rock bottom in my well actually the second to last season he drove his vehicle into his ex-girlfriend's dining room oh and had to go to prison yeah, <laughs> that's, an a, that's an attempted murder no well but lindy he's a genius so <laughs> i don't that, what are you what are you what talking about said? yeah the judge was like well i would put you in jail for longer but you're a genius so he has to go to jail for a year and then he and then he gets out and then he returns to the hospital no, to continue they, practicing think, medicine i don't think I they like, would let for, him no for sure because you know when i was in law school and i was like working at a clinic with juveniles who got accused of like fair jumping yeah, they also got that same preferential treatment. Give me, a, <laughs> give me a break. Anyway, it was so, it was so ridiculous. I have to say, there's a I think a three episode arc guest starring Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, which is the most face meltingly cringy series of episodes <laughs> you'll ever see in your life. And in, th- in these episodes, House at this point has agreed to be institutionalized to deal with his drug problem and his mental health issues. So he goes to like a mental health institution where. Lin-Manuel Miranda is also a patient. And if you're wondering, hey, did Hugh Laurie and Lin-Manuel Miranda do a rap at the (laughs) Mental Health Institution uh, talent show? The answer is, yes, they did. (laughs) Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, 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 Yeah, so tell me, doctor, what I really got to know. How do I get better? Just do a talent show. Oh, oh, well, I guess I'm just a mess. Yes, preach it to me, brother. A life of restlessness. But at least we had each other. Oh, we got each other. Oh, we got each other. Like two brothers from another mother. Ducking right with cover. What? Six. Yeah. Okay, Patreon subscribers only. We don't have one yet, but what do we do? If you pay money, Megan and I will do I'll the do rap. I'll do the rap. Yeah, I'll do the rap. You can be Lin-Manuel Miranda Miranda, and I'll be Dr. House. I'd rather die. Okay. (laughs) So anyways, so that was like all, I was like, oh my God, when I, I was like, for my own mental health, I need to turn this off. Did I? No, absolutely not. Never. I'll never give up on a 10 season procedural. So what happens at the end? uh, Oh man. Before I get to that, and I think my favorite episode is fetal position. (laughs) 
in the plot of the episode is a, a, an older woman, a 40 something year old woman is pregnant and she's having, you know, complications. And they determine that her baby is making her sick. I guess like her pregnancy is like making her have strokes or something. Uh huh. And, and house is like, there's nothing else we can do, but do an exploratory surgery of your f- fetus. <laughs> will it kill you 99% chance it'll kill you and the lady's like yeah well that sounds good yeah let's do that (laughs) and so they do an exploratory surgery and oh my god this episode and at one point in the episode the baby's tiny hand reaches out of her womb and grabs house's finger thus humanizing house who had previously been referring (laughs) to her baby as a fetus but after the baby grabbed his hand from the womb he started calling it a baby so like the baby made house have empathy it was i was screaming at the top of my lungs and my i was like what is this show what is happening it was so insane and the baby was played by by sir andrew lloyd webber yes (laughs) (laughs) who won an emmy for his um role as fetus anyway so that was definitely like the most insane episode Uh, wow what at the Wait, end, what, what happened to the lady? Did she die? No, she lived. And so did the baby. Oh. And then she like put pictures up in her house of all the doctors who helped her with her pregnancy, except for House. Good. he was mean. Yeah, he is but mean. But Lindy, he's a genius. Uh, yeah, basically every episode he shows up high and screams at the patient and everyone's like, why are you being so mean? And he's like, I don't care about people. I only care about fixing the disease. And it's like, why? If you don't care about people, what do you care what disease they have. Anyway, right. it, it makes no sense. I think he won like 50 Emmys for this show for some reason. Yeah. So at the end, House gets out of jail to go back to being a doctor, but the hospital has to promise to keep an eye on him because he's like on <laughs> parole. And if he breaks the rules, That's he not, has to go back to jail. That's not um, a real way that things um, work. No, I think... Uh, screaming at screaming at sick people <laughs> in the hospital <laughs> i um look i don't know for sure but i think that if if uh you or i went to prison they would cancel the podcast <laughs> you know we would lose our podcasting licenses i think we would yeah i think we would <laughs> so, yeah i think so not dr gregory house md I, maybe you should be more of a tortured genius and I people can't. will give you special little gifts um, like the ability to practice medicine on people that you hate. <laughs> so anyway, so at the very end, he gets out of jail. He goes back to the hospital to practice medicine on people that he loathes. At one point, a character is like trying to butter him up. So he gives him season's tickets to like, I don't know, a hockey team or something. Uh-huh. And House is like, this, I'm too tortured of a genius to go to hockey games. So he flushes the season tickets down the toilet. <laughs> sure. Which, yeah, which clogs the hospitals. In, this, <laughs> I am not joking. No, this is really what happened. It clogs the hospital's entire like sewage line, which then causes overflow of the water, which floods the ceiling and destroys their MRI machine. And so, and so, yeah. So everyone's like, oh my God, House, did you do this? And he's like, no, it wasn't me. I don't know what happened. And then the fire department showed up to investigate and they found the tickets in the sewage pipes. I can't believe I'm about to say this. They then hand over the tickets to the police because, like, the first thing you would think if you found tickets in a sewage pipe is that a crime had been committed. Yeah. So they hand it over to the police. And then the police dust the sewage tainted <laughs> tickets for prints mm. and they find House's prints mm. on the tickets, sure. thus proving he has committed a crime. And so they're like, sorry, man, going back to the slammer. Wow. Because the- you did felony mischief. And so now you have to go back to jail. And he and- was like, you'll never take me alive, copper. And then he fakes his own death. <laughs> and that's the end of House. Okay. Sorry, as, we should put a, we should have put a spoiler warning. No, at the, no at the absolutely top. not. House deserves it. I assume that the, the person that was in the MRI machine who was simultaneously drowning in sewage and being electrocuted is like, it's okay, he's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> Let him do what he wants. 
So yeah, so he fakes his own death and goes on like a motorcycle ride with his best friend. Does it hold up? No. Well, should you watch it? (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) It's insane. Every single episode, I was like, oh my God, what's he done this time? Okay, and you know they were leaving the door open. For, oh, yeah. for a reboot. Well, there, yeah, there's rumors, rumors. Oh, no. That it might get rebooted. And I was like, how? He's dead. He's not know? dead, though, but he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, but if he comes back, then he's on the hook, not just for the felony ticket mischief, but the fraud. Is it illegal so. to fake your own death? Uh, I think if you benefit from it, because isn't that insurance fraud? I don't know. Anyway... I don't even know how to describe what was going on with the show. And the, the funny thing is, like, the writers of the show really thought they ate. They're like, this is so prestigious. I was like, really? <laughs> a baby just grabbed his finger from inside of that lady's womb. Yeah. Get a grip. Uh, so that's one option for one option for cozy giving binging. To sum up. Yeah. It's racist. It's anti-abortion. <laughs> and we love it. And everyone should watch it. Yep. Nothing cozier. 10 out of 10 baby fingers. Thank you so much for listening to Text Me Back. You can find me on Instagram at TheLindyWest. And you can find me at Important M-E-A-G-A-N. If you like the show, please tell your best friend about us and rate and review us too. It helps people find the show. Also, keep in touch with us. Join the Text Me Back text club. Text BFF to 206-926-9955 to join. You can also email us at textmeback at KUOW.org. Text Me Back is a production of KUOW in Seattle, a proud member of the NPR Network. Our editor is Jeannie Yandel. Our senior producer is Brandy Fullwood. Our mixer is Jason Burroughs, who also produced this episode. Our production team includes Michaela Giannotti-Boyle, Amelia Peacock, Alicia Villa, Hans Twite, Brendan Sweeney, and Marshall Eisen. Our music is by Chief Ahamefile J. Oluo. Special thanks to our perfect angel, Azolda Raftery. I'm Lindy West. And I'm Megan Hatchermaze. See you next week. <laughs>